People in China were the first to try flying by inventing kites around the 5th century. Then, many years later, in the 15th century, Leonardo da Vinci sketched some early ideas for airplanes. In 1647, a man named Tito Livio Burattini built a small model of an airplane with eight wings that could glide through the air. The real start of flying airplanes happened on December 17, 1903. That's when two brothers, Orville and Wilbur Wright, flew the first powered airplane that actually worked, and they did it in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. In May of 1908, Wilbur even took a guy named Charles Furness for a short ride in the plane, flying him 2,000 feet along the beach. That was the first time someone flew as a passenger. But then everything changed when the First World War began in August of 1914, and airplanes started to be used for much more than just flying around for fun. And with these incredible milestones, women have been working alongside men, propelling our industry forward. The military and commercial aviation industry has been long grappling with integrating female pilots into the traditional male-dominated field. Their challenges, especially regarding maternity policies and workplace accommodations, have prompted a call for reform and better support for women balancing their roles as pilots and new mothers. In the commercial sector, the difficulty of women airline pilots was vividly highlighted by a Delta Airlines pilots demonstration at a union meeting. The dramatic act of using a breast pump in front of her colleagues was a stark representation of the outdated maternity policies that female pilots contended with. As a result, a group of female pilots at Delta Airlines has taken a stand, forming a community through a private Facebook group and pushing their unions for paid maternity leave, a benefit that is still unheard of in some airlines. Their struggles underscore a broader issue, the need for industry policy that accommodates the health and well-being of new mothers, including providing alternative ground assignments and adequate time for breastfeeding. Meanwhile, the Air Force has shown a more progressive approach. Pregnant service members are allowed to continue their duties for as long as they are medically able a policy that empowers women to decide how long they wish to fly during pregnancy. The military branch has also empowered women to decide how long they wish to fly during pregnancy. The military branch has also been responsive to the postpartum needs of new mothers, offering a total of 12 weeks divided into maternity leave and primary caregiver leave with an additional three weeks for secondary caregivers. The local handling of a request related to pregnancy and post-delivery flight duties simplifies what could otherwise be a complex bureaucratic process and the extension of time at home from six to 12 months post-delivery demonstrates a commendable commitment to family life. However, a 2017 government study found that parenthood 
particularly motherhood, is a significant factor in women's separation from the military, including that even with supportive policies in place, challenges remain. In commercial aviation, these challenges are exacerbated by the low number of active FAA-certified female pilots, which stands for less than 8%. This minority status makes it difficult for women to find mentorship and peer support within the field, highlighting the importance of networks such as FAST, Female Aviators Sticking Together, which is a Facebook group. This made me wonder, what about other sectors like business aviation? How are mothers advocating for their needs with smaller flight departments or perhaps flight departments that have no maternity policies yet? This week, our guest, Julia Harrington, joins us to discuss her motherhood journey as a corporate pilot in business aviation. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Atlantic Aviation. Atlantic Aviation provides aircraft ground support in over 100 FBOs across North America, including locations in Hawaii and the Caribbean. I am proud to be partnered with a company that puts their people first and highly values diversity and inclusion. Atlantic Aviation's vision and mission is evident through the relentless focus on culture, safety, and service. Experience the Atlantic attitude today. Check out www.atlanticaviation.com to see all 100 plus locations and plan your next visit. The issue women pilots face in the Air Force and in commercial aviation reflect a broader societal struggle to balance career demands and family responsibilities. The call for reform is clear. Policies must be updated. Support systems must be strengthened. A cultural shift embraced to recognize and accommodate the dual roles many pilots play as professionals and parents. This journey is ongoing, but the trajectory is hopeful, aiming for an inclusive and equitable aviation industry for all. Back to our podcast guests, Julia Harrington serves as lead captain and base manager at Access Jet, a Part 91 and Part 135 operator based in Sacramento, California. Harrington knew she wanted to be a corporate pilot at the age of eight after her first visit to the famous EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. With this, Julia went on to college at the University of Illinois, earning her wings and graduating with a bachelor's degree in aviation human factors. Julia is now a mama of a sweet baby boy, and during her free time, she enjoys flying aerobatics in her airplane. Julia, welcome to the Aviate with Shasta podcast. Hi, Julia. Welcome to the Aviate with Shasta podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, man. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, And we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is motherhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thank you for making the time for us. Oh, of course. Of course. 
So Julia, can you take us back to when you were younger? Where did you grow up and what was one of your fondest childhood memories? Yeah, so I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So I'm from the like Northwest suburbs area. And uh, initially, a uh, couple things come to mind with fond childhood memories. I have um, my family and I, we would often vacation just around Lake Michigan, either on the Wisconsin side in Door County or on the Michigan side. My mom's originally from Michigan. And just those family trips, um, you know, centered around the lake and um, ice, like getting ice cream on the boardwalk and things like that uh, was just something I, I loved so much as a kid and still do. Um, I, I'm a big, a big fan of the Great Lakes. I feel like people who grow up around here definitely have that fondness for it. Um, but the other, you know, fond childhood memories that really stick out in my mind are of going to Oshkosh when I was a kid with my dad, um, which I started doing when I was around eight years old. And I just, those are some of my fondest summertime memories also of going up with him. It was always our thing. And then my little brother joined um, a handful of years after I started going and we would always uh, tent camp and uh, go to the air show all week. And so that is just, it was something that I, I wanted to do since before I was eight. So he, he was going by himself without me. Uh, prior to that. And I would beg him to take me, but he didn't want to take me before I could handle a full day at Oshkosh, which is totally fair. I totally get that, <laughs> especially now as a mother who has brought a child to the air show. It is an intense experience. But um, yeah, so eight years old is when he determined was uh, old enough. And the hype around it was so high because uh, he loved it so much. And so I was just so excited to go and be there and get to experience it. So yeah, I feel like those are those are two that uh, stick out. Amazing. And was your father a pilot? He's not. So my dad is not a pilot. He uh, has always been an aviation enthusiast and always loved airplanes and aviation. Um, but he never uh, got his pilot's license. He was told when he was a kid that he, you know, his vision wasn't good enough, um, which, you know, was true-ish, especially if you wanted to go like the Air Force route. So he uh, instead had a lot of pilot friends and would go fly with his friends. And so I, that's kind of how I got into it too, was flying with some of his local friends in their airplanes and things of that nature. So yeah, he's always been a huge aviation enthusiast, um, but no, he's never, he's never been a pilot himself. Um, but so I take him flying now, which is fun. How cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, just kind of another question on your childhood. In an NBAA article, you mentioned wanting to be a corporate pilot, specifically since you were eight years old. At what age did you earn your wings? And what was it about business aviation that convinced you to pursue it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, so I didn't get my private pilot's license until I was 19. But I started taking flying lessons when I was 12. So I asked for flying lessons for my 12th birthday and got a intro flight lesson and a David Clark headset. And that was my 12th birthday gift. And so I took flying lessons on and off throughout um, middle school and high school, but never really consistently enough to actually like solo or anything. So it wasn't until I went to college that I actually got my private pilot's license, and then all of my subsequent um, ratings at the University of Illinois. So I did do some flight training prior to that, but never to the completion of a rating. Um, but the story with uh, knowing that I wanted to be a corporate pilot, it, it it kind of goes back to not wanting to be an airline pilot. I just, I wasn't that interested in uh, the airline side of things. And so 
I wanted to fly. Um, and initially, initially I wanted to be an air show pilot. Um, and people would kind of laugh at me when I said that. Um, so then I was just exploring other ideas and it was actually at an Oshkosh. Um, my dad and I sat down at a lunch table with a couple of guys and it turned out that they were corporate pilots. And so they told us a bit about what they did and the kind of airplanes that they flew. And also just, um, you know, like having the manufacturers there at Oshkosh with the, you know, shiny, cool business jets, it was much more present in my touch points of aviation of, you know, being around the business jets and the corporate side of things. And so that I knew that I, if I was going to fly professionally, that's what I would want to do. And it always just felt like a very natural fit for me. You know, it makes sense because uh, Oshkosh is heavily focused on general aviation and business aviation. There's some presence of the airlines, um, but when you talk to the average young pilot, they almost always say that they either want to join the military or fly for the airlines. So that's so cool that you had that experience with those corporate pilots and you just knew from that moment that this is what you wanted to do. Yeah, pretty much. I did have some uh, deviations from that throughout, again, like high school. Um, When I applied to college, I actually did not apply for aviation um, because, again, I think I had a little bit of um, a misunderstanding that an aviation degree was really only for people who are going to go be airline pilots, which is not true. (laughs) And uh, I did figure that out eventually. But I applied to school for broadcast journalism, actually, um, and I was going to fly for fun. Uh, That was my plan. And I was scheduled to take aviation courses as electives, basically. They didn't have an aviation minor at the University of Illinois, so I was just going to burn all my elective credits on flying and then, I guess, go be a a TV news anchor. (laughs) But after I had my first solo... I switched my major to aviation. I was like, ah, I'll figure it out. I don't want, I still don't want to be an airline pilot, but I'll figure it out. Uh, corporate seems tough to crack into, but I'm willing to try. So that's kind of the story there. That's awesome. So today you are the lead captain and base manager for Axis Jet, a California based company offering aircraft sales, acquisitions, brokerage, management, and charter. Uh, You've been with the company for over six years now. You are also very involved in your community, serving as the co-vice chair for the NBAA YoPro Young Professional uh, Council. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) At what point in your career did you start thinking about motherhood and how the dynamic could impact your personal and your professional life. Yeah. I actually, in high school, my senior year of high school, I was dating a guy and I uh, had briefly talked with him about um, uh, being a professional pilot. And he was like, well, you can't do that and be a mom. You can't do that and have a family. So uh, it's been around, I feel like I've been around the idea for a long time. Um, And I had kind of it's been in the back of my mind for a while. Um, my husband and I, uh, we got married when I was 23, um, but I had no intention of starting a family at that time. We just kind of had fun, uh, had some adventures, you know, did some exploring, all of that. And it was definitely something that I always knew that I wanted to have a family, but uh, I was unsure. I was unsure of how it was going to go and how it was going to mesh together with these career goals that I had. Um, To the point where I actually did consider 
potentially switching to the airlines just because in terms of things like maternity leave, um, the airlines are a known quantity. You know what you're going to get yourself into. You know what to expect and you know um, like at, their policies are just written out. Whereas uh, a lot of corporate flight departments don't have anything on paper. They don't have a written policy. There is nothing in existence. And so you're kind of thrown into the ether of uh, expect the unexpected. I don't know. You just have to figure it out. And that is a bit of a scary thing. Um, so it's been on my radar basically as long as I've you know thought that I wanted to be a mom. And I kind of put it on the back burner and figured that I would figure it out when the time came. And uh, that is what ended up happening. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, it, it's crazy because um, I'm originally from Afghanistan and my mom, her mother, generations of women before them were all housewives. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just kind of grew up thinking I'm probably going to get married at a young age and have a family. Uh, so it was something like motherhood has been something that I've always wanted to do uh, mm -hmm. just to experience. And when it finally happened, I just felt so lost. I, I felt like, gosh, can I get into an airplane? You know, now that I have this child at home, like, I don't know how I feel about this whole, uh, new, um, title that I have of, of being mom. Um, so it, it's, it's a lot. And I'm so glad that more women are talking about it and we're seeing more moms like yourself actively flying. I think it's very inspiring. Thank you. I totally agree. I feel like visibility is so important. Um, at that first Oshkosh, the reason why I wanted to be an airshow pilot was because I saw Patty Wagstaff fly and I thought, oh, well, she, she seems cool. I, I could go do that. And I just think that visibility and representation is so vital to the average person really having that self-belief that they can go do and achieve these things. And that's uh, another thing that I love about social media and the power of sharing your story with a broad audience and just being transparent and just letting people know that, yeah, I exist, I'm doing this and I'm not the only one, you know, who's a mom and a professional pilot. Very well said. So I'm curious, once you decided you wanted to become a mom, did you reach out to any mentors, professionals, or other moms in the industry and inquired about motherhood at any point? And how, like, how did you navigate around this topic? Yeah, this was a big thing for me. I, yes, uh, first of all, yes, I reached out to a lot of, a lot of mentors and people in the industry. Um, mostly people who I know through NBAA, um, and I really leaned on them in their life experiences. Um, and I was really scared. I was not sure how it was going to go. And I wasn't sure uh, what the outcome would be of me going on this uh, adventure and journey into motherhood with my uh, present employer. I was pleasantly surprised. It went much better than I was worried it might. Um, but, uh, I do think that the power of those mentors and those, that kind of community of women in business aviation who are already mothers was so vital to me feeling, uh, empowered and comfortable with asking for what I needed and advocating for myself in knowing that, I can do this. And also I can ask for 
a maternity leave that I am comfortable with and happy with and something that makes me feel valued and uh, important in my organization. Um, yeah, Jess Webster, who you know, uh, sh- I know she's been on this podcast, was completely, totally vital in my journey and uh, just really helped me figure out how to navigate that time and both personally and professionally. And I'm so grateful to her and uh, other women in my network like her who just helped me feel not so alone. Because as you said, it can be really scary and isolating. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more that people don't have to feel so isolated. Absolutely. Shout out to Jess Webster. She was Mm -hmm. uh, a guest a few seasons ago and talked about motherhood and the work that she's doing with Hera Aviation Group uh, is really powerful for mothers and caregivers. So Jess, we're, we're thinking about you today. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're big fans, you. big, big fans of Jess. Yeah. So Julia, you are a mother now to a sweet baby boy. What was it like flying with a growing belly leading up to having your son? Um, and also I'd love to know, did you ever encounter any experiences where maybe someone questioned your ability to fulfill your duties as a professional pilot? Yeah, it was, it was a wild experience, um, flying while pregnant. (laughs) I, I flew both for work and I have a decathlon. I have a 1975 decathlon that I also kept flying while pregnant. And, uh, I did get some looks, um, some questions, never anything too malicious though, which was good. I feel like, um, the most questions I got were from non-pilots, actually, um, people I would encounter in FBOs, but mostly people would just make jokes about my extra passenger on board. Um, but physically, it was kind of intense, um, especially towards the end. I think I had to be very willing to accept that I was rapidly reaching a point where I couldn't really comfortably fly anymore. And so I did. Um, I stopped flying around 30 weeks of pregnancy, and I my last flight, I was very, very physically uncomfortable. But I also look back on that time so fondly because it was so fun to kind of feel, I don't know, almost like you're a superhuman doing two things, growing a person and flying an airplane at the same time. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like that was a really special thing. And like, sometimes we'd be uh, climbing out um, and on climb out, like, the baby would kick me in my seatbelt and things like that. And I just, I feel like that's, those are memories I'll, I'll get to look back on fondly, you know, forever. And I just feel like that was such a cool, special time. It's um, so emotional that you say all this because I'm reaching my 30 uh, week mark and I'm definitely feeling the baby kick. So mm-hmm. it makes me so proud to know that you were flying planes, being this superwoman um, while, you know, building a baby, which is so cool. It's so cool. And so exhausting. It was many naps were had (laughs) in between flights (laughs) and things like that. Lots of self-care in the mix of also, you know, going and trying to be a superhuman, but it was, it was good. I really, (laughs) I really am happy with how it went, but yeah, I was, I was really nervous to embark upon that just because I didn't know what it would be like. And I didn't know if I would be nauseous or, you know, whatever. And I, I'm really grateful that I feel like it, it generally was a very positive experience and my coworkers were all very supportive and everybody who I flew with. So that was great too. 
I'm curious to know, what did you do about your uniform? Did, were you able to find maternity shirts and pants, or did your company um, help you in any way to find those uniforms uh, mm-hmm. once you were at that 30-week mark? Yeah, so before that, I needed them for sure. <laughs> but um, the uh, the company I fly for, they they did help. They uh, Their office manager found some maternity wear. Um, so yeah, so I fly corporate, so we wear polos. And so initially, um, for the first, uh, like, I don't know, 15, 16 weeks, I was just wearing mostly my regular polo. And then I had one like men's cut polo and that worked pretty well, honestly. But then there became a point where tucking in a polo and wearing a belt was just not feasible. So yeah, I had, we had these maternity (laughs) shirts that we ordered from, um, honestly like old Navy or something and they were just black and then they got the company logo embroidered on them. So they were very supportive and being like, okay, so you need to wear something, you know, uniform esque. So here's an option that's, you know, a black shirt that will match the other pilots with the logo. So it won't look out of place, but it, I mean, it was a true maternity shirt. And so uh, I wore that and I got some, um, black maternity pants from target. And, uh, that was my uniform and it was, it was not, um, uh, the most fashionable thing. I know I've seen, uh, my airline pilot friends, the airline pilot pregnancy uniforms are rough. So it was definitely better than that. <laughs> the maternity, um, epaulette shirts, I feel like just look like tents. They're not very, uh, flattering, but so this was better than that, but yeah, they, they worked with me to help me kind of come up, uh, collaboratively come up with a good solution on the uniform front. And, uh, I feel like it went well. It was good. That's awesome. I'm glad you had the support of your company to help you out with that. So Julia, after you held your precious baby in your arms, did you have any reservations about going back to work and what was the transition like for you? I had no reservations. Um, but I was very open to kind of double checking how I felt like checking in with myself, you know, of, okay, is this something that I want to continue doing? Um, because my whole life I had said that I would, uh, but you know, let's actually make sure that that's how I really feel. Um, and I did. Um, I also had a mom who was uh, very career oriented. Um, my mother was, uh, vice president of marketing and communications for lots of big companies, lots of uh, Fortune 100 companies. And she was a powerhouse in her uh, field. And I always looked up to her and I loved that uh, she, just by existing in her space, gave made me feel so empowered to basically go do whatever I felt like I wanted to do. And I'm so grateful for that example of an ambitious woman who valued her personhood in addition to motherhood. And I, I never questioned, uh, that intuition that I wanted to keep flying. I was again, nervous for the transition, but I knew that I wanted to incorporate these two pieces of me together, the the new mother piece, and then the, the pilot piece that had been there for much, much longer. And the transition was uh, a little bit challenging uh, to be honest, but I do feel like I, uh, worked through it It involved, you know, going on some trips with some tears and, you know, FaceTiming home and feeling torn. And now I feel like I'm in a place of balance where, uh, when I go on trips, I'm excited to go fly 
And when I come home, I'm excited to be a mom. And I feel like I can do both and have the same level of enthusiasm for each in their own unique uh, way and the way that they fulfill me in different parts of my life. I love that you say that um, because, you know, I've met some moms who took a year off. There were some moms who four weeks after giving birth went back to work. Um, So I'm glad that the transition, you know, you were looking forward to getting back um, and it wasn't too bad. How long did it take Um, after you gave birth for you to go back into the flight deck and start flying again? Yeah. So I took four months off, which for me felt like a good amount of time. Um, I was kind of starting to get itchy to get back to it. Um, And at that four month mark, I uh, went to training. So it just lined up so that I was due for recurrent training. And that was my first event back. Um, And Uh, It was, that was a challenge because I was still breastfeeding at the time. And so I'm at flight safety uh, in the women's bathroom, like pumping and then like running back to my sim. But um, I was actually able to also bring my husband and my son with me to that recurrent training event. So they came down to Orlando to flight safety with me. And um, that was also a little bit of an adventure, but uh, baby's first airline flight, all of that stuff. But it was so good to have them there. And I feel like that actually also kind of helped ease the transition. You know, I felt like I got to go do the pilot thing and be at the Sim Center. And then when I was done for the day, I got to have my family there. So I didn't have to be away from them um, with my first, you know, for it, foray back into work. Um, and then I was able to also fly a lot of day trips and things like that. Um, my, again, my company was pretty supportive, which was uh, great because I feel like I was able to kind of ease that transition. And uh, my first longer trips were tough though. I definitely, I had uh, one trip uh, maybe around six or seven months in that was a four day trip that got extended to five days. And that was probably the toughest one um, because I was mentally like, okay, I can do four. And then on day two, it got extended to five. And I uh, had a really hard time with that. But, um, you know, that kind of thing is not, not super common again at where I presently fly. So I, I was able to, I did reach out to my network, my support network to have, you know, lean on my friends who have been there, you know, and it really helped me through. And I'm again, so grateful to my community and network of other moms in aviation who know exactly what it's like, because I feel like it's so valuable to have those voices and reassure you that, you know, how you're feeling is totally normal. And not only that, but they've been in that exact place and they know what it's like. Um, It just, it makes it much less uh, isolating and alone. Oh man, I can imagine Um, I know when I travel and I leave my son behind, I'm always thinking about the day I get back. So I can't imagine that day being extended because it's Mm -hmm. so disappointing. But um, I'm glad to hear that you had your community there to to support you and kind of help you get through that extra day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm big into leaning on my people. I'm not shy about asking for help or asking for, you know, phone calls and things like that to get that verbal support at the very least. Yeah, for sure. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, flying and then you had the opportunity to bring your husband and your son, uh, out to training, uh, with you. I also see, you know, in preparation for this interview, um, you do 
enjoy aerobatic flying, you own an aircraft, uh, you're very involved in your community. It seems like you're juggling a lot, but you're doing it really well. So I have to ask, how do you manage motherhood, marriage, personal life, your career? How do you manage it all? Uh, I appreciate that you think I'm juggling it well. (laughs) At least (laughs) there's the illusion of juggling it well. Um, It takes a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of intentionality and it takes a lot of flexibility and a really good partner. I feel like I, uh, the, one of the reasons why it probably looks like I'm juggling things so seamlessly is because I have a really good support system at home in both my partner and, um, our families all live near us in the Chicago area. And I feel like that has been such a vital piece of the puzzle for me personally of feeling like I have the ability to branch to these other pieces of myself um, and still, you know, fulfill those, those desires of things like flying aerobatics and being really involved in volunteer work and also working with NBAA and the Young Professionals Council and all of the work that I'm doing there. I feel like Um, one of the reasons why I feel so empowered to do that is because I know that my son is so well-loved and taken care of while I'm doing those other things as well. And I also have gotten a lot of encouragement from my partner and from my, my people and from my, you know, family and support system to continue doing those things and continue having an impact. And, you know, again, being a visible presence in the industry as a mom and all of these other things. I think that that is really important and I really appreciate all of the support that I have received. Um, yeah, from my people. On the topic of, um, balancing life, um, on your social media, you do such a great job sharing your adventures of aerobatic flying. You, you always have this big smile on your face and it's infectious to see that and just to see the flying that you're doing. Um, how important is self-care? And I ask this question because I know a lot of moms have mom guilt when they do things for themselves. Um, but how important is self-care and nurturing your interest alongside having a career and a child? It's completely vital. It's, it's a non-negotiable for me. And I've always felt that way. I think that any high achieving and ambitious woman who also embarks upon motherhood it is completely vital to maintain those pieces of yourself that feel like you. And for me, it is that self-care of maintaining flying aerobatics and maintaining my personal uh, friendships and relationships and things like that. Um, And maintaining, you know, uh, pampering things that I like to do for myself too, you know, All of that together, I think, is the self-care picture, right? It's just making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I do think that oftentimes mothers are expected to be martyrs and to sacrifice everything of themselves for their children. And I like to challenge that notion because I think that you can be an amazing mother and really self-fulfilled in the things that you want to pursue and making sure that you're taking really good care of yourself. I, I mean, it's certainly not easy. And again, the, the balance of it all is not easy. Uh, it takes a lot of work to maintain that and also fight for it. 
And it also takes times of flexibility where the balance will be off, you know, where you will be devoting more time to motherhood and less time to yourself. But I think bringing it back around and always kind of making sure that it's at least on your radar, um, realistically is so important. Um, but yeah, I was nervous to lose myself in motherhood. I was nervous to come out the other side and not recognize who I was. And, um, again, I think my partner was very helpful in making sure and checking in with me that I was happy with how things were going. And if I needed to incorporate anything else into our life, that would make me feel like I am myself and I am achieving things that I want to achieve and, you know, becoming the version of myself that I want to be. And I think it's taken a lot of work and self-reflection also to even realize what those things are that I want to hold on to, you know, and what I want to prioritize as self-care in motherhood, because I don't have as much time as I used to, obviously. And so the time that I have to devote to myself in that way is much more limited. And so I have to be much pickier about the things that I do. But I think it has really made me take a look at my priorities and what I really, really want. And I think in that way, it has been a huge gift, motherhood in general, because I've really been able to, I think, incorporate the most important parts of my personhood from pre-motherhood and mesh them together with these new priorities as well. Shifting gears here a little bit, um, you know, you talked about uh, how supportive your company was when you had your son, which is incredible. That's how every company should be. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts. How supportive is the aviation industry towards working moms? I think it needs work. I think it needs improvement. You know, if there was a report card, it would be needs improvement, right? <laughs> I think on the whole, the aviation industry is tolerant of working mothers and tolerant of pregnant women. And I do not think that it is generally supportive. I think that we have a lot of work to do. And I think that, again, people like our friend Jess Webster are working towards doing that hard work. Um, we're doing some of that work with the Young Professionals Council of trying to, again, make this industry a more inclusive place. But I mean, you look on the airline side and they allow you to take a decent amount of leave and they do not offer you any compensation or health insurance benefits during that time. To me, that is not support. It is tolerating, you know, this phase of life. And I think true support is not only recognizing your needs um, during pregnancy and postpartum and how you might need to be flexible in your schedule there, but also recognizing that you are a complete person who deserves to be compensated even when you are not actively working. And that's something I'm really passionate about is, you know, people uh, and especially managers in this current pilot hiring climate are hand-wringing about retention and attraction of talent. And I think that things like offering paid family leave uh, is part of the solution. And treating your, your pilots, treating your employees like they are entire people and encouraging them to be, you know, happy and fulfilled in their personal lives, I think will create a uh, environment where the retention is no longer a problem because people feel so valued and so such a vital part of the ecosystem of the company that you're at. And I, I hope that someday the airlines also adapt that mentality because 
all of us have spent years talking about how do we attract more women to aviation, right? The numbers have not really moved in basically a century. So what are we doing wrong? And I mean, I think the answer at least partially lies in these solutions that nobody has been willing to actually implement yet. And, you know, until this industry is brave enough to actually, you know, put their money where their mouth is, I think it's, it's going to still be needing improvement, but I don't think it's an impossible mountain to climb. You know, as you were sharing um, your, your answer, I just thought of how I went to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, and I have to say, um, in the aeronautical science class, majority of my classmates had parents who flew for the airlines. And it just made me think right now, if we want to have stronger retention numbers, if we empower the women and give them more flexibility and uh, be more accommodating, that goes a long way with retention because their kids are most likely going to get into aviation. um, And especially the young girls to see that the airlines are more accommodating and open, you know, that's really going to help with the retention numbers. So I just thought of that as you were uh, responding to the question. Absolutely. 100%. I feel like that is a, a huge part of it. And also I feel like the other piece of this that I think is vital is changing the general public perception that a woman cannot both be a professional pilot and a mother. I have recently, like in the last month, had numerous people come to me and earnestly say, how do you possibly make that work? You are a pilot. Your husband is a pilot. You have a one and a half year old. How how do you do that? And instead of that, I feel like the we need to do more work in making normalizing this and saying, oh, well, she's one of many. And not only is it possible, it's fulfilling. And it's a totally amazing, worthwhile path that more people should pursue. But instead, I feel like there's this just general perception of it's basically impossible and anybody who's doing it is a unicorn. And I feel like if we can fight that, more women might feel more welcome because I do think, especially even little girls think about that they want to have a family someday. And I think when they're then thinking about their careers, I think it starts younger than we think. I think it starts very young, this assertion that it's not possible to do both or it's not possible to do both well. And I think that we just need to keep challenging that and also just create an environment and an industry, both on the airline and business aviation side, that is truly inclusive and is truly moving the mark towards making things better for people who want to do both and making it a very enriching and welcoming environment for for the, the parents who are flying and working. Julia, that is an awesome observation. Um, and you said it very well. We, we need to normalize it so that that isn't the first thought that comes to someone's mind is how do you balance it? How do you do it? Um, on that note, I would love to hear any advice you would like to give to other uh, women, especially young women who aspire to be a pilot and to be a mother someday. Yeah, I would say don't don't give up just because you think it's going to be hard. Don't say no to your future self just because it seems like a difficult balance. I feel like I've encountered numerous people who have chosen for one reason or another to quit flying prior to having a family. 
And again, that path is definitely right for some people, men and women. Men also leave aviation to help raise their families. But my advice would be try. Give it a shot and see how it feels. Um, Because you don't know exactly how you're going to feel about doing the balance and living the life until you actually try. And don't be discouraged by the fact that it's still in 2023 is a challenge. Don't be uh, too downtrodden. I do remember uh, when I was first kind of researching how to possibly ask for a maternity leave, I was wondering why I still have to be a trailblazer in aviation in this year. It feels like Again, I know people like Patty Wagstaff. I'm like, she already did it. There's people they've already they've already done the trailblazing. Why do we have to keep doing the trailblazing? It's very tiring. <laughs> but I yeah, my advice to others is we're we're my generation, this these current women having children and the ones above us, we're we're trying. We're working for you and we're trying to make it a better and more inclusive place. So don't be discouraged to give it a shot and see if it's for you. And if it's not, that's okay. But don't let the perception of fear stop you from trying to fly and have a family. I love that. Um, for uh, listeners who are in the aviation industry um, and they're struggling with balancing motherhood in their careers, have you identified any Um, communities or tools or resources out there that can just offer some support to them? Yeah. uh, Via social media, I definitely have found a lot of support. Um, There's a a pilot moms group on Facebook that is a private group, but if you request it, you can, you can join. Um, And it has been a, uh, it's pretty big, um, but there people ask very, very vulnerable questions in there. And the amount of support in general that is given is so encouraging to see. And it just, it widens that, you know, community because we all have like our people that we know personally, but then through the power of social media, we can be connected with so many more people. And I think that that is, I know social media has, gets a bad rap, but that is the the true power and the true goodness there is being able to feel connected and not alone. And also on, you know, things like that Facebook group, you can ask, what's the maternity leave policy at this airline? What's is, are we making any progress and kind of get, you know, updates. And also who has, who has lived this experience? Like, Hey, I'm this, my husband does this, or my partner does this. And we're trying to navigate this situation. Has anybody else done this before? And almost always you'll get somebody who either has or uh, is similar. And again, that whole feeling of community and knowing that you're not alone and you're not the first. I know, again, we're still having to trailblaze, but you're almost certainly not the absolute first person to have to go through that situation. I think, yeah, that is a very uh, empowering feeling, knowing that you're not alone and that you're not truly, you know, navigating it for the first time ever, that someone somewhere has probably walked that path before and can be helpful. And the other thing is this community of women in aviation is generally so welcoming and so encouraging and so uplifting that, you know, you will likely find many people willing to help, uh, whether or not they've been in your exact shoes. 
Very nice. Um, the power of social media. It could go both ways, but there is so much positive if you utilize it uh, to reach out to people um, who have experienced what you've experienced. So very well said. Thank you. As we wrap up this conversation, um, I'd like to ask uh, this question to all of our guests who come on the show. Uh, what is the best advice you've received in your career that you can pass along to the audience? Yeah, for me, that's got to be asking yourself, why not me? When I was uh, in college, I was uh, considering applying for an internship with Cessna. And it was an internship that they only chose six people for. They got many applications. And it was a flying internship. So they gave you a brand new airplane. You flew around the country for a summer and yeah, to air shows and flyings. It was incredibly coveted. It only, it only existed for a handful of years because it was a very expensive program, but I had <laughs> uh, kind of stalked the program and I was very interested in it, but I, you know, I was like, they only pick six people. Why, why should I go through the trouble of applying and you know, all that? Like, I'm probably not going to get it. But I, I started talking to more friends about it and they were like, why not? Why, why wouldn't you, why, why can't you be one of those six pilots? And so it was honestly my sounding board, my community, the people around me who helped me first, you know, ask that question in a more positive way of why not me instead of, you know, why would they give that to me? And, um, ultimately I did get that Cessna internship and it was one of the coolest flying experiences I've ever had. And I have taken that um, to all aspects of my career. You know, why not me? Why not apply for that scholarship that's super competitive? Why not apply for that job that you don't really qualify for on paper? When I applied for um, the lead captain position that I currently have within my organization, um, I was up against someone who was far more qualified than I. And I had to go into a meeting with my boss and state my case and tell him why I deserved the job. Uh, specifically more so than someone with more tangible chief pilot experience. And you just have to have that self-belief. Why, why not me? And I feel like that has really driven much of my career progress and uh, really helped get me where I am today. I have not qualified on paper for any professional flying job that I have ever held. So why not just give it a shot and try? Oh man, I love that. Why not me? Julia, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on the Aviate with Shasta podcast. You've been an incredible guest, just an open book about your experience uh, with motherhood and balancing your career. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you more. Absolutely. Oh, this was so great. Thank you so much for having me. It was also during my little guy's nap time. So, you know, the uh, the timing worked out great to balance Perfect. both uh, personal <laughs> pursuits and motherhood. But he is actually also waking up now, so it's a good time to wrap things up. But thank you so much for having me. Of course.